You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast. Today's episode has been brought to you by No Foods. K-N-O-W-Foods.com. No Foods' prime directive is to create nutritionally superior, great-tasting alternatives to traditional bread and other baked goods with a strong mission to benefit the lives of those with chronic illnesses and diseases such as type 1 diabetes and celiac disease. No Foods' products are natural, non-GMO, clean and delicious, made with superfoods like almonds, coconut, egg whites, chia, and flaxseed, free of grain, free of wheat, free of gluten, free of dairy, soy, peanut, yeast, starch, and preservatives, high protein and fiber, low carbs, net carbs, sodium, calories, and sugar, near zero glycemic index. If you go to the No Food site, once again, it's knowfoods.com. Here is the discount code, capital M, capital E, capital G, capital N, capital A, 10. That's all caps, MAGNA10. Type in that code and you will get a discount, 10% off on all your purchases. Listen, these products are amazing. They taste great. I, I love them. Um, we stock our facility with them. The members love them. Our trainers love them. Uh, my personal favorite are the waffles. Uh, give them a shot. They are incredible, and uh, you will have an amazing either snack or meal or something that you absolutely love uh, that's going to benefit your body and not put you in a uh, negative situation in regards to your nutrition and health. So give them a shot, nofoods.com. Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am very fortunate to sit down today with superstar trainer Dolvit Quince. Welcome to the show, Dolvit. Thanks for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. Dude, for everyone who's listening, I cut out about 75 takes to say his name right. <laughs> and he's so patient because he's a good person, but thank you so much, man, because he, he is a, a not only is a superstar trainer, but he's a good person for being as patient as you were. So thank you. Welcome to the show, bro. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. Really? So we met um, in a torturous situation, and we, we were climbing a mountain in Stratton. I don't know who even does that for fun, but we, we were doing it. And what did you think of that climb? Tell me what you thought. It was probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. Because, crazy. again, I'm, I'm, I'm not an endurance guy, and you're doing it at – one o'clock in the morning at three o'clock in the morning and you're trying to climb you know i think uh jesse said it best i don't care how many people you describe what it's like to they'll never know until they experience themselves you know people say yeah i climbed mount kilimanjaro or i climbed uh uh, uh mount everest so, yeah yeah good for you buddy but people don't realize the difficulty of what it takes to accomplish something like that so mm -hmm. i'm just fortunate to have done the amount that I did and uh, to be a part of that experience was awesome for me. It really was awesome. I mean, at, at what point in that climb did you start to contemplate 
Like, man, like, start to negotiate with yourself. Like, man, this is rough. This is really hard. That very first climb, the second climb, the third climb, the fourth. You know, every single time I, I attacked that thing, man, I looked at it like I had to do some internal inspection, you know? Yeah. But I did it for what we do as a living, which is to motivate people to push their limits. So I had to sharpen my sword. I mean, you know, if you don't do things like that, I feel in many ways your sword, your sword becomes dull. You know, you're, you're good at what you do, but if you want to be great, you got to challenge yourself. You got to push yourself to a level of perfection. No joke. You're absolutely right. Very well said. And, you know, we're, we're sitting in our tent and it was Mark, uh, Mark Bell. Mark, my, Brown, Mark, Mark, Mark Brown, excuse me, Jesse's yeah. trainer, a very phenomenal person, good person who I know you know very well. And, um, uh, Dolvit, and, and with sitting in the tent, and I ask him, and this is what I want to say because this is, this is important to me and the people I surround myself with. At one point, I asked, uh, I asked you what you did for a living, and you very humbly said, I'm a trainer. Mm-hmm. And I said, Where are you a trainer? And he said, On a TV show called The Biggest Loser. And I and I was thinking, you know, that's a pretty big show. I don't watch it. Of course, I've watched it, and I think it's wonderful because you, you personally, the show, the platform, is responsible for making amazing life and body transformations. So, hats off and uh, a big kudos to you because that's special. And he said it very humbly. You said it very humbly, and I and I was taken back by that because that's special. A lot of people aren't like that, as you know. And right. um. You made that trip positive, and so did Mark. And uh, I was very fortunate to meet you both there. So we ended up being tent roommates. Oh man, it was that was a <laughs> man. I wanted to go back to that ten at ten o'clock on Friday night, <laughs> and I said every time I went in there to change my gear, I saw you, uh, a couple uh, nice gentlemen lumbering, sleeping, and I thought, man, I want to join. You know, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly tmi tmi we're talking about sleep we're talking about sleep you know i'm just saying but anyway it was rough it was fun and, and it was a it was great meeting you thank thank uh thank the lord I, I got to meet two wonderful people a bunch of great people um but i, I really want to get into you know how you got your start your a little bit of your background and take us through the timeline and, and how you arrived to where you are today well, I've always, um, for some reason, shape, form, or fashion, wanted to help people. I realized that helping people helped myself, being an adopted child. Um, I have two brothers and one sister, and a couple adopted all four of us. When they adopted all four of us, they took us in. They were very set in their ways. It was, they, were, they, were, they should have been grandparents, but they took in a four-year-old, seven-year-old, six-year-old, and a, uh, a one-year-old and they raised us but it was a difficult scenario although you know it's like two sides to a coin you know you know everything that glitters and gold and that situation sounds amazing but at the same time they uh were very stuck in their ways and very uh abusive mentally and physically so i had to fight a lot of that out of out of me mm-hmm. and out of believing in myself so i think because of my childhood and the challenges that were there it led me to pursue a career in helping individuals. And I worked part-time at a YMCA, believe it or not. And someone approached me and said, hey, why don't you be a trainer? You know, you're, you're good with people. You have a good physique. And I never really thought of it. I got certified through the Y. But it helped me in a way. It helped me because I was able to train elderly people and single mothers and teenagers and kids. 
and entrepreneurial mind that I knock on wood had said, wait a second, this is a business model here. You could actually come up with training systems for each of these this demographics. And I did that. So when I got certified, um, I started training various types of people, doing various things, and I slowly built a business called Body Sculpting. That name, after, listen, I tell people all the time, I'm always training trainers how to build their business. I um, I got that name, I trademarked some things, I got it LLC, I did everything right that I needed to do to build my business. And I left the Y and went to another place that opened up where you're able to, sort of like anatomy, I don't know if anatomy does this or not, but you're able to lease the space and you charge whatever you charge to your clients. Right. That was amazing to me. That gave me an opportunity to uh, showcase what I, I uh, could do, but at the same time, uh, uh, put my own value on what I thought I could do. In doing that, um, I went after one specific guy who was there. This is an open gym. Trainers would go up to the people all the time. I went up to him and I said, hey, listen, not for nothing. You don't know what the hell you're doing. You need to work out with me. And so he laughed it off, paid no attention to me because I'm sure 20 other trainers came up to him and said the same thing. But just one day on this good day, I got him to train with me. We hit it off. We had so many things in common, him being a dad, me being a dad and having sort of a, uh, a troubled uh, childhood growing up and me doing the same. Next thing you know, I had no idea, but he was the number one radio talk show host in Atlanta. It, it, wow. It, it, wow. It, it blew up my career, Mark. It blew up my career. I was averaging about maybe one or two new clients at that time per week. He, he put that number at 60. So I had 60 new clients a week. Holy moly. Which was, which was pretty impressive. And once I opened up my private studio... I started training other trainers how to be better trainers, how to be better businessmen and women, um, and help them understand it has so much more to do than just what they can do with their client, but the follow through. And you know, I just built an army of individuals, um, over 200 trainers in my career. Wow. So that then eventually led to commercials and sitcoms, and which I also loved as, as well because I went to school as a thespian and. Biggest Loser called one day and said, hey, we heard about you. We'd love for you to come to L.A. and audition. I went. I auditioned. And I didn't get it. They gave it to part to someone else. I, I then ended up going on tour. I went on tour with Justin Bieber, came back, and they said, hey, look, we made a mistake. Do you want to audition again? And I said, absolutely. I auditioned, and I signed a seven-season deal. Seven seasons right out of the gate. Wow. That's terrific. Okay. Let's back up Thank for you, a bro. second. Let's back up for a okay. second. On tour with Justin Bieber, what was that like? It was difficult. And wait, wait, <laughs> Dalvin, how did that happen? I, I know Scooter Braun. I know Scooter from Atlanta. And Scooter called me and said, hey, uh, his girlfriend at the time trained with me before. They were like, we need someone to help us. Justin's eating McDonald's and carrying all. We need someone. We need someone as well. So he called me and asked me to get one of my trainers because he said I was too expensive <laughs> to get one of my trainers to come on tour with them on their second or third leg that they were doing on the world tour. And I said, you know what? I just auditioned for Biggest Loser on NBC. I didn't get the part. I was going to leave my gym for five months anyway. I can rock with you guys. So we negotiated numbers, and next thing you know, I was on tour with Justin. 
That's amazing. And it, it, you Flying said it, you, cities, it was great. It was you, great. You said it was tough. It was tough it because was tough, what, what can you tell us? What can you share with us? Um, it was tough because I was outside of my element. I was act, I was accustomed to people coming to me. Janet Jackson was coming to my gym. Boris Kojo, Nicole Larry Parker, Usher. There was a bunch of people coming to my studio. However, I never really went to anyone else. And then you're on tour. Some days they want to train. Some days they don't want to train. Um, you know, it, it was like high school. Because this person was talking about it. Was just, it, was, it wasn't a scenario as a professional that I felt most comfortable. Um, so, yeah, it was tough for a lot of reasons. How do you get someone to train that doesn't want to train? I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a tough little scenario right there. And most often, I think the answer with trainers is someone doesn't want to train. That's that. You don't really force anyone to train. They have to really want to train, but you have to provide motivation from time to time. How do you do something like that? You know, it's funny you said that because I'm actually going through that at the moment. And you can motivate someone through different things. But I think hands-on is, is the best way. I think if you're moving with them and you're showing them the movements, if you follow through with them, and you say, hey, look, you were good with this, but we really need to work on that. Um, if you if you schedule uh, the next session and the next five sessions and you coordinate with them on their calendar. Um, so you just have to be in front of their habits because nine times out of 10, they don't want to do it, period. Right. So you have to convince them, A, through results that can be done, and more importantly, you have to just involve your life in their life, period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you sign your deal uh, for the seven, mm -hmm. seven years on The Biggest Loser, a show that's been on for 17 seasons. That's a huge platform. So, you know, I, you know you're, yes, you're catching breaks, but, you know, I'll tell anyone who's listening, you catch breaks when you do the things that you're supposed to be doing, which is putting in the hours, putting in the time, you're working with passion, and you're punching the clock, and you just simply go to work. Those people catch the most breaks. So yeah, you're catching the breaks, but I believe that people earn their breaks. So you sign a seven-year deal on a very popular show. What was that whirlwind like, you know, your first day, um, your, your first few experiences with the crew uh, on set? Um, it was interesting. You know, I like what you said, though. I don't think anyone really catches breaks. I think hard work gets you where you want to be. Hard work, belief, and positivity. Those are the three things, ingredients-wise, that get you where you want to be, no matter what you want to do in life, right? Mm -hmm. But that first day on set was unique for me because there were 15 contestants. In my first season, I was up against Bob Harper, who did the show for the entire, since the show was on, and, and Anna Kornikova who is a world's famous tennis player. And then there's me. And so we come out on this dry lake bed and I walk out of this huge army type helicopter introducing myself. And there were 15 people that were broken down into groups of five. All of these people had to jog a mile, run, walk, crawl, and then they run to the trainer who's on the end of that mile that they want to train with. So surely I thought I would be last. The first group is Battle of the Ages, you know, an older group, younger group, and then a middle-aged group. The first group was a middle-aged group. All five of those contestants, they all went to Bob. I mean, he's proven on the show. He's done the show for so many seasons. Right. That made sense. I knew for sure that the second group was going to go to Anna Kornikova. She's much more famous than I. Right. She's a beautiful girl. It made sense. The second group came to me. I was shocked. So... 
I immediately made a decision not to make it about me. This wasn't about the Dalvet show and getting on stage and, and being on a platform like Biggest Loser. I had to make it about my ability. I, personal, I didn't personalize it. I made it about the product. The product was I'm selling a way to help these people treat themselves better than they've treated each other through themselves for, for all of their life. When I did that, it immediately built trust. It immediately... Uh, brought about results it had nothing to do with me but the god-given talent and the work that i put in for so many years to give to those individuals and it worked out great and i think that all your experiences and i know it's a, a bit of stating the obvious but all your experiences leading up to that moment i'm assuming prepared you because you know i tell younger trainers myself you need to put in the time because when you put in the time you're going to experience certain things they're going to prepare you for the next step and you had been kind of seasoning and just getting ready to be put in a position to be successful through your hard work and your years of experience and I can only imagine how exhausted like first of all you know I don't know you very well but I do know that I had a really positive experience with you uh Dalvit is a good person he's a big heart um he's personable uh, caring, and I get all this just from spending the weekend with this individual, uh, a really nice person. Anyone who knows him was speaking very highly of him, and you know it's no surprise that they wanted to train with you. But it must it must become exhausting at some point. Tell us about the rigors of the uh, of the job and the work. It's a television show, and you know you have to answer to a lot of people, whether it's line producers, directors. Um, I never really, I've been, I've been, I was being pulled in so many different directions. And the thing about Biggest Loser, you know, unlike other shows, um, and I've worked on other shows where you come in, you read your lines, you do your part, uh, or you come in and you put your personality on camera and then you leave. The Biggest Loser, because these people were obese, I did more work off camera than I did on camera. Although the first couple of weeks on camera, you're looking at, 12-hour days of promotion and promos and product integrations and all that stuff. But then, when the cameras were off, if you wanted to have, quote-unquote, the biggest loser on the show, the individual who lost the most weight, or the team that didn't lose that week, you had to go in on your day off. And you had to spend and train these individuals for four or five hours at a time because that's what it took in order to compete. So as trainers, we were as competitive as the contestants. So you're just in a high-end high competitive environment in terms of just like everyone is on their P's and Q's and wants to be the best version of themselves. And as you said before, you, you know, uh, trainers and uh, people in fitness understand that the most important person in, in the relationship is not you, it's the other person. I can only imagine that your personal training probably fell by the wayside. True? I was always, I was more of a psychologist than a trainer. You know what I mean? I mean, wow. granted, it was it was it was train the mind to follow the body, not the other way around. So here are individuals. Again, these are obese individuals. I don't think it just is limited to obesity. I think it's oftentimes it's limited to habits, okay. right? Right. Or it is because of habits. So I had to help people who had who had bad habits 
change their habits. Mm. I like and I it's almost like saying me coming to you and saying, Hey Mark, I'm gonna put you in a room of a bunch of smokers. You have four months to help them not become smokers anymore. No more cigarettes. Good luck. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. That type of intensity is it has you have to be hands on. You have to be exactly who you are. Someone who is kind, a good listener, but at the same time strong enough to push people to locate their great. Mm. I was I could care less if I was the trainer who won the, the the biggest loser or won the finale. I care more about having the highest percentage of individuals who kept the weight off because it wasn't a show about weight loss. It was more for me a show about saving lives. Right. And if I could save someone's life, meaning that I can make them think the way I think, I get up every morning, I make a smart decision on what, the, what I eat, I train, I, I do stupid shit like climb, climb uh, a mountain. I, I, I jump out of helicopters and, and, and repel and do, and do the craziest things just to challenge myself. Those are the type of individuals, obese, athlete, actor, musician, I don't care where you are, that I want to lead the charge to become someone who wants to challenge himself and be a better version of himself. Nice. Nice. Uh, we actually have a sign at Anatomy. Uh, we commit to changing lives and becoming our best selves. And it sounds Dope. perfectly in line with what you just said. Uh, what what kind of, what type of training is involved? Like how much planning is involved? I mean, I can only imagine you're out there so long that you kind of like you know you're giving them a mashup of all the programming you've ever created in your entire life, and you're just making it happen. How much planning is involved? Tell me. It's about a hit training, a lot of intense cardio, body weight, um, um, plyometrics. It's, it's it's, and then to plan each individual's food, what they eat because of their height, dimensions, what they what they lost the week before, to be able to uh, manipulate and show them ways, healthy ways to continue to lose weight because the body plateaus. It is as scientific as it is physics, as it is uh, psychological, as it is physical. Like it's so many different layers that are thrown and you have to throw to people and have to be willing to sell them to the play. I meet people all the time in the public that say, I want to do that show. I I said, oh, it's tougher than you think. <laughs> it's yeah. not as easy as you think. There's a lot involved, and you have to have the, a right, the right mindset, and in most cases, the right leader to take you to the next step, or, or a lifestyle step is the better way of putting it. Right. Do you remember a specific situation where you, you know, you just struggling so much with one individual, and you couldn't figure out? why they weren't losing or they were plateauing and um you really had to go i mean i'm sure i know you had to go in above and beyond for everyone pretty much but do you remember any very specific situations where you just remember it was special and it was extraordinarily hard uh i had a guy on my season last season who he just was losing less weight than any of the guys that were on the show that season and he was there, but he really wasn't there mentally. He was worried about home. Okay. He only really did the show and signed up for the show because his wife wanted to do it. He didn't feel like competing, so he turned that part of his brain off. Mm -hmm. And 
I had to connect with him based on what he constantly said. You know what I mean? If I'm not a professional trainer, I'm a professional listener. And I take pride in that. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think the best trainers are the best listeners. And oftentimes, people don't listen to understand. They listen to set themselves up what they were about to say. Oh, yeah. Waiting for their turn to talk, as we call it. 100%. So my thing and always has and always had and always will be is let me listen to understand this person. Because by the way, you're an outlier. You're so different than anyone else. Everyone else is falling susceptible to it. They're rocking, they're rolling. But this guy, he was worried about too many things and not really worried about himself. So he was his own enabler. Right. That said, I had to constantly listen for cues what he talked about. He talked about his children. He talked about um, being out of work and, you know, all these other things. So I started talking to him about those things, like a guy, guy to guy, you know, we're, we're two guys having a beer. Mm-hmm. And I started talking about my son, my relationship with my son. Um, and I started yes. asking more about his kids. And he would move for me and not even realize he was moving because he felt comfortable. He didn't feel like he was being pushed or not wanting to be there. He actually wanted to be there. So the more I built that trust and found common conversation I became someone that he wanted to work with and work for. Mm. Mm. It's deep and, and, and meaningful because listening is one of our greatest assets in the world. Like just mm. becoming a listener, it's a such a it's such a skill that most people don't have. And you know, I, I've learned some really wonderful things from some, from some special people, and letting them do the talking and listening is so. Uh, it's a gift, really. It's a gift, and I tell all the trainers that. And we have some great listeners on our team at Anatomy. So tell us where you are now. I know you've done seven, and uh, the show, as you said, is on hiatus. And 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 do you know? Do we know when it's coming back? Don't know yet. That's entirely up to NBC and the powers that be to make those decisions for the show and for the masses. I'm sure to come back soon, considering I'm what sure. they did with sure. American Idol and the you know everyone missing that show and now it's on its way back um i know it'll come back actually but right now i am like you working on my a new podcast um i just finished writing my second book um and i'm at a couple shows under development so i've invested in a few startups apps wait tell us about the book tell us about the book um the book is interesting because a lot about what we're talking about now, and I do a lot of guest speaking engagements around the country, I found that the majority of what I was speaking to needed to be said. And it's a lot, again, of what we're talking about now. So the book has everything to do with not just physical uh, health, right? Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to do another book about push-ups or squats or, or, or uh, quinoa or gluten. I didn't want to do that. That's been done. It's probably going to keep getting done. I needed to go a different route because one of the things I love most about doing bigger suits and I still love most is really the mindset and getting into the minds of individuals that make us tick the way we tick, whether it is admire, you know, how people are different, Mark, when you talk to someone who's a billionaire, like you're talking to someone who's regular, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But many a billionaire comes in a room, everyone's drawn to that person and wants to, you know, inquiring minds want to know they want to know what is it about you that makes you you it's sort of that sort of a thing oh yeah that the book is about so the book is about mental health spiritual health physical health emotional health social health 
and all those layers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I interview the Sarah Blakely's of the world, the Steve Harvey's, the Magic Johnson's, and I get their opinion on what gets them to tick, what makes them successful. But then I interview a stay-at-home mom, you know, mm-hmm. who is who has a job or maybe two and raising three kids and what is, and I stay at home mom, but a whole hardworking mother with kids. And, you know, so there's different layers and stories in there, but then I show people little anecdotes, things that I've done over the years to encourage me to keep going. Even when my back is up against the wall, even when fear is the most prominent emotion in my head, how do I talk myself out of that space, out of that mentality? What are some of the affirmations that I do, the prayers, the belief system? How do I push myself up that freaking mountain, so right. to speak? Right. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the title of the book is Work Out the Doubt. And we all need to do that, right, to some degree. Right. Man, I'm definitely going to check that out. How are you with your family? Is your family incredibly fit? I know that uh, when we were talking in the tent, you told me you had a 21-year-old son. Mm-hmm. I mean, Isaiah. you look like you're 27. How do you have a 21 year old son? Seriously, I mean, you look you look like a superhero. How how do you have a 21 year old son? And is he fit like you? Does he take it from dad? I mean, do you, do you pass that on? How does it work? Do you get on him? Black don't crack. No, uh, uh, I get. I don't have to get on him. He wants it, brother. He 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 wants it like. No, he's like, let's work out, let's work out, let's play. He's just into it. And then he's an athlete. He's a better basketball player than I'll, than I'll ever be. Um, he's just an athletic guy and takes good care of himself. He eats really well because that's what I sort of demand in the house. He lives with me here in my house that I'm here now in Los Angeles. Um, super fit, super smart guy. I'm just impressed by him. He, he is, without a doubt, my biggest success, without a doubt. That's awesome. That's awesome. And... Are you aiming to do the movies, the films, uh, another um, side TV show, all those things? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I love it too much. I love this business. I love this industry. And to me, it's a business. It's not a. It's not a. uh, I want to be this so that people know me. I could care less about that. I care more about the business. Like I love it. You know, you just find something that you love and you want to do. Oh yeah, this is it for me. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and to be on a platform, a visible platform, I could do more at warp speed, so to speak. So, yeah, absolutely. I continue to do more. Camera, film, movies, television, all of that. Awesome, awesome. So this is a, let's take this as a coachable or teachable moment. What, Mm -hmm. What words of wisdom would you pass on to an aspiring trainer who hopes to really make an impact in the industry what skill sets would you say are the most important for them to have um, or to work on and develop? Our industry is always changing, mm. right? There's always something new. And so the best thing that you could do as an individual trainer is to be a leader. And the number one way to be a leader is to be as educated as possible in the field about the body, right? And I think I touched on, that's one aspect. I also touched on this aspect, which is be a good listener. The best trainers are the best listeners. They're willing to adjust their habits and learn new habits for their business because people are different. So if I'm training Mark and I'm training someone else and Susan, 
if I'm training everybody the same way, then, I mean, basics, sure. Then I'm not doing a good job if I don't do some sort of difference. Um, right. And you know what I mean? I think that's key. I think that's key. That's key. That's key. And more importantly than not, separate the person from the product. Right. You're a person, you know? I'm all bet. That's the man. You and I, we're going to joke together. We're going to do, do all these other things. When it comes to a product, I'm selling a way for you to be a better version of yourself. So that's not the time for me to get on the phone and talk to my girlfriend or tell you about my problems or don't follow up with you until and talk to you when I see you. But a product is I'm going to show you how to be a better person overall, physically, mentally. I'm going to give you tools. So sell a product, not the person. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. And continuing education, do you still hit it hard? Uh, do you still, are you, can we find you taking a continuing education course? Because our, you know, our trainers do those things all across the country. You get the NSCA, the NASM, people taking uh, the Onnit courses, uh, the Jim Jones courses. Are you taking courses like this? How do you do it? I'm not taking courses like that right now. You know what my space is right now? Tell because me. my mind, I'm, I'm doing other things. Psychology. I'm Psychology, yeah. I did a lot of that. And I'm still doing that. But also, um, uh, the, I'm in the VC world right now. I'm into creating apps and understand uh, uh, different levels of business and different styles of business and investments and things of that nature. I'm, I'm engulfed in that world. Like for me, that's my continued education because fitness is a multi-billion dollar business. And the impact can be so huge from a huge, from a big scale, meaning that it's not just one-on-one, -on -one, I'm thinking globally. So I wanna know how to affect and really disrupt the way business is done from a personal trainer's perspective, a partnership with uh, 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 various VCs and investment perspective, uh, product, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that's where that's where I'm currently. That's where I am right now. Awesome, awesome. Um, I'm going to take you through a speed round of questions so the audience gets to know you better. These can be one word sentence. You can elaborate whatever you want. Okay. So okay. Let's rock it. Favorite food? Uh, pasta. Pasta. <laughs> Sinful food. I know. Pasta. Good food. Fish. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A favorite hangout? Home. Home. Nice. Mm -hmm. Favorite ritual? Prayer. Prayer. Favorite habit, silly habit that no one knows about that you're comfortable with sharing? Uh, I, I, I dance. Dance. Come on, man. Good dancer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Favorite, favorite sports team? Uh, favorite sports team, uh, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta. Favorite athlete? Favorite athlete, uh, LeBron James. LeBron. Favorite movie of all time? Hold on. Godfather. Stop. Godfather. Go. Thank you. Godfather. That's a strong movie. Nice yeah. choice. LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. Okay, we can continue the show. Last book read. <laughs> Other than other than your own last book read, uh, Stealing Fire. 
Okay, Stealing Fire. Who's the author? Do you know the author? So we can give the uh, shout author out. Author of Stealing Fire. It's a great book. What's the book? Um, What's it about? It's about, you'd love this, um, Google, Navy SEALs, Pushing Yourself Beyond. Really? Limits, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen Kotler, K-O-T-L-E-R, and Jamie Wheel. Really? The subtitle is uh, How Silicon Valley, the Navy SEALs, and Maverick Scientists are Revolutionizing the Way We Live and Work. Nice. So just to give you a say, based on our conversation that we had in Vermont, I think this book is right up your alley. So look it up. It's called Stealing Fire. You'd love it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fade, do you have a favorite book? Favorite, the last one I just read. <laughs> okay, nice. I'll buy that. Favorite TV show, other than The Biggest Loser? Other than The Biggest Loser, favorite TV show, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. It's favorite type of music? Hip-hop. Hip-hop. Uh, do you have someone in the industry that you look up to? In the industry first. In the industry, fitness industry or film industry? Fitness industry, fitness Someone in the fitness industry that I look up to. Fitness, strength coach, um, trainer. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good that's one. A very good question. Or, or you can take it to uh, your, a mentor in your life. One of my biggest mentors is a gentleman by the name of John Palmer. He and his wife, Vicki Palmer, they live in Atlanta. Um, they, uh, you probably wouldn't obviously want to know them, but I just love how they treat people, how they give back and basically how they live. So nice. Um, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Favorite quote. How you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. It's a strong one. One of my favorites as well. Okay. If you could have one word or phrase on a billboard so everyone could see it. I stole this from Lewis. Uh, what would it be? If I could have one word. Everyone would see it on the highway and this giant billboard, a word or phrase you want the world to see. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Awesome. And please don't ever stop doing what you're doing because you're providing a lot of inspiration, guidance, and, and you know, just giving back to people. I can't thank you enough for being on the show, man, man. Thank you so much. You're awesome, brother. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. Please stay connected, and I will talk to you soon, my friend. Talk to you soon.